Hello, friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with nascent nudist Chris Prunty. I'm a never nude. And on today's episode, we're discussing the new world, but in context only to the old world. Mm. We're not going to be getting... We, we kind of want to leave the mystery of the new world new and we don't want to explore that region when we have so much left of the old world to explore, discover, and improve. Yeah, I do definitely want the feeling of it's the unknown, there be dragons, uh, the dislike of some of the people who live there, or the superstitions. Like, go- going back in time, I do like reading those old stories where someone's account of when they went to the new world or to some far off land just completely wrong and completely ridiculous yeah, and kind of like the Magellan like the, stuff yeah it's just like yeah. who the fuck were they were they even in that area they said that they saw a snake the size of a house yeah i i i wouldn't mind stuff like that as well so what we're trying to do is create the new world from the eyes and perspective of someone in the old world so a lot of this information is probably going to be incorrect on purpose, and we'll try and mention that, although it does leave us for infinite possibilities later on down the road. And one of the things that I think would be affected quite a bit would be uh, the Beekeeper Guild. Oh, economics in general, I think, is important. There's one of the things that, I don't know how nebulous you would like to do it, but there has to be something of value that is being either, like, taken back or... There has to be a reason that someone wants to bring something from there to here. Agreed. Because we already have a reason of why people might want to go there, new life, uh, new beginnings, uh, get away from persecution of some kind. Right. But what are people getting there to bring back here? And it's in, in, in all of history, as you can see time and time again, the thing that people, that makes people create, you know, like roads and trade routes in general, there's money to be made. So, for example... In Hispaniola, or the New World, one of the most profitable things that was being transferred over from the New World, pound for pound the most expensive thing, was a red dye material called cochineal. And there's actually a fantastic book that I would strongly recommend called A Perfect Red, and I'll probably leave a description, a link in the description of the podcast, because, man, it's, it's one of the most comprehensive and fascinating looks at... Not just dying, but that's D-Y-E-I-N-G. I know you're looking at me. I know. But also just how how it influenced and really affected the world as, as, a, as a whole. I mean, we talked a little bit about... That, is that part of the book that also went over like the dye makers who killed people to keep their secrets? Yes, because if you come... Yeah, exactly. If, if you have the process down to a specific art, you have a patent on those colors. And if someone leaves with that secret... You have to make sure they're not going to go and give it to a rival guild because, my God, that is literally your entire livelihood. It's also why um, cheesemakers... I was about to say, yeah, Parmesan is exactly. like a weird mafia-like thing of where they're just, just like, this is going to be the most popular cheese. Why? Because we've decided. Exactly. Exactly. And it's it's actually kind of a big deal. <laughs> so, so I want to have something that's kind of like that in the new world. Something that is akin to cochineal or a dye or maybe because realistically we don't have enough magic to have prestidigitation to just color everything mm. i still want there to be it doesn't necessarily have to be a dye 
but maybe it's a special material or a special mineral. There's something that is desirable in the new world uh, that we're just grabbing, that people want. Well, we could either make it like an omni-like fruit that can dye things and also has the has a peppercorn inside of it and it's coated in chocolate. Okay, you're going way too far already, but yeah. continue. Or we could just do it where, you know, there's several different things that they bring back. It doesn't necessarily have to be from one area. The new world's nebulous enough where... Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking something as easy as spices. I mean, the CRNE Consortium, we already had that thing a couple uh, weeks back. We were talking about the idea that the there green. is... The, the blight, right? There's some kind of um, crop that came over and is now really messing with the ecosystem of the old world. And realistically, I can see that as them trying to take a spice, like a cinnamon bark or something and like that. And trying to grow it here. And it, yeah, and, and implanting it here and seeing like, okay, we're going to make our own so we don't have to make this trek and you know we'll have the trade goods and everything like and that. While they failed at growing it here because it's a different climate, the little mites were just like, oh, sweet, everything here tastes delicious oh well see i wasn't even going with mites i was saying they were very successful but the way that the soil interacts with the crop here is just entirely different and so it becomes the dominant species oh yeah exactly so devaluing it exactly so it becomes it, like the the spice is no longer valuable because it's basically it's a fucking weed that people well not even necessarily a weed but just like it because cinnamon is literally a bark mm -hmm. right so imagine that when they bring it over here, something about the soil changes the properties of the bark to the point where it's it's too bitter or it's too thick and you can't make the spice that you need anymore. Oh, I could totally see it also being like too bitter or something. It's just like, oh God, you got nothing but the shitty bark. Oh, that, that has, that's actually more fun because you can still have the low end version and still have it be like, oh... Don't worry, we've got the good stuff. It's kind of like when you have... What did you really cut this with? New World? Exactly. It's kind of like when you have really good coffee compared to like anything that's just like, oh yeah, whatever. Who cares? Oh, gas station coffee. I don't drink coffee, so I oh. can't really, yeah. Cold Brew Lab makes some lovely little mix. Yeah. The only time I drink coffee is after a giant meal where I've drank a whole bunch and I will have a single espresso to cut through that fog of drunkenness and debauchery and I'm good to go for the rest of the night and until I get home and then I'm, you know, whatever. <laughs> All right. So we want to do spices. Is that what we want to do? I, I think a spice would be a be spice good. makes sense. And then we can probably do, you um, can tie in a dye. You can tie in a fabric of some kind. I was thinking of food as well, because one of my favorite books by Mark Kurlansky is cod. I don't know if you've ever read that. I played it. Oh, God, that's really bad. <laughs> I hate you so much. I grew up on Cape Cod, so it's actually fairly pertinent to my life. But no, Mark Kurlansky is a historian who also wrote the book on salt, which is also really fascinating. But he basically talks about how cod changed the entirety of the world just by existing. And in the new world, our new world, there were so many quantities. There's, there's so much cod that people like coming over and just like scooping it up. You could just how stab into the ocean and find three you're, cods. You're not even wrong. You can literally just toss a barrel in and cod will fill, up, will fill up the barrel. So something like that I think makes a lot of sense too. We can have some kind of a fish, some kind of a dye. Oh, not a dye, but a spice, uh, a fish or a protein maybe. I could see. And then like uh, there's there's the fact that they might want to like 
smoke it, dry it, salt it over here. Exactly. Yeah. I think smoked fish is a, is a really big deal. And not only that, but just bring it on over. You know, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, so we can do... So let, let's stop so it's, there. It's, it's also a sign of like affluence and wealth of where just like, oh, I have this, you peasant. Right. I think the spice is more likely to do that. Oh, what we could do, we could do like a textile as well. I think I'd rather do like a, a literal, like a silk route, you know, like a silk road type deal, except it's not silk. It'd be something like cashmere. Or so they, like they still had ways of doing that with uh, expensive fish back then because they would either bring them back uh, like in water so that they could butcher them. Yeah. in the barrels and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Or they salt and smoke it there and then ship it. Yeah. So we, okay, let, let's, let's go with a fish, us, a, a spice, and then I want to do a textile. I think a textile would make the most sense. Mm. What kind of a textile are you thinking of? Now, here, here's where we have to go. Textiles have to come from plants? Not necessarily. I mean, silk is literally made from worms. That's mm, true. I'm and try- then you have like pelts and stuff like that. I mean, brown gold was beaver skin and beaver fur back in the day. And that was, I mean, that's the whole reason New York existed is because it was a port city for... The beaver trade back in the day, or the fur trade in general. Beaver Dam. Sure. There was an area. Sure. Uh, yeah, I could see pelts of some sort of exotic animal being... Yeah, I think that makes more sense, all things considered. Okay, so so let's start there. So when people are coming off of the boats of the New World, right? So I think what's important, right, is when we're looking at it from the perspective of the old world, as we're now calling it, like when people are coming off of these boats... And they've got the the trait like they've got massive piles of furs over their hand, over their shoulders. They've got barrels of fish, and they've got uh, a, like basically bundles of of wood that are spices essentially, or maybe they just ground them up previously. I I I could see it being kind of like curls of shavings because then yeah. you can grind that up or yeah i think that makes the most sense. Would it, would that be the easiest way to transport it though? I guess that's the question. I feel like ground up stuff would be the easiest to transport because sure. then you get the maximum load of it. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense as well. Although maybe it's a matter of it, much like cinnamon, how you want to shave it as late as possible so you get that fragrant aroma. You know. Well, it's also like the different quality and everything. Maybe they get some shavings. Yeah. Put it aside. The pure, the better. This is now cocaine. Sure. And oh, actually, that yeah, we oh, well, give it some yeah. yeah, psychotropic effect or something. That's actually very important because I think that adding some kind of vice material, something that the old world looks at and be like, oh, no, we, we can't have you here in our in our old world. Like, that's just going to mess people up. What do you want it to be? Because, like, I mean, there have been opium dens and there's been, you know, like the banning of marijuana and all sorts of stuff like that. I mean, it's there's a historical. So, so say that there's going it. to be some sort of drug effect. Would you want it to be an upper or a downer? Oh, I, I, I vote upper. Because that's a little bit scarier for people, in my mm. opinion. Downers are where you just put them as like vagrants of society, and you're just like, look at look at these people, sad. I don't know. I, I, I channel Trump there. I don't. That's, I didn't like that. I, it's kind of a hard question because do we want something like an opium den, or do we want something like cacao leaves, where it's like, hey, I know you're exhausted from working in a Bolivian mine all day. Here's some cocaine. Get back in there and give it your all. I think it would be good to have... Well, then this becomes the question of why do people use it, but I'm still confused as to why people use it. Uh, <laughs> bath salts. 
we're so, I, I think like something that makes people get up and go, like filled with energy. I think is yeah, I'm cool with that because then we can introduce it to places like Hondasa, where it's like, what are you doing? Why are you taking something that's artificially making you work harder? You know, where there's that kind of dichotomy where yes, our workers are working harder, or actually maybe they see it as a performance. No, like a challenge. Where it's just like our workers are strong and efficient, and you're just using drugs to make up for it. You're using you're, like it's a shortcut to them. It's yeah. like dishonorable. So there should also be a negative effect, though. I mean, I think an addictive nature, and also I don't know. Do you want to just make it methamphetamine and just have you lose your teeth or something like that? What? What's what's wrong with that? I don't know. I think uh, like uh, a discoloration of the skin or. Something like that. Oh, hold on. I've got an idea. Why don't we have it affect certain races differently? Because let's say that the new world doesn't have Spriggans or it doesn't have the Quill or it doesn't have... Ashenborn. It'll have Ashenborn, I think. Uh, That's true. That should be more I think that's more of a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's say it's the Quill or the the Spriggan, right? And they take this drug and something about it drastic... Like... Humans take it, it's basically like alcohol to them. But to a Spriggan or a Quill, it's drastically different. I think that would also just be interesting from a drug aspect of a Quill's inside you. Is it like riding the the back seat going just like, what are we doing? What's going on? Or is it oh, just, man. That's or is that a way for, like it absorbs it because it's in control and then the host gets more of a... That's what I'm thinking. I think that, if anything, the quill would absorb it because I imagine in in the quill relationship, it's absorbing all the nutrients first and then giving out different nutrients to the host. Yeah, I feel like uh, in in a in the parasitic like way, it would have to absorb it first, making sure it's safe. Okay, that's that's what we're gonna do. So that spice that we were talking about, it is a regular everyday spice to humans. And as soon as it's fed to someone else, I, I'm not sure. Do you want to do Quill or Spriggan on this? Because I feel it like, comes from nature still. I feel like the Spriggan should be like, it's just like, oh, no, we, yeah, we don't do that, man. We can, we know that it, it comes from nature. What do you mean? So it's still coming from like a leaf, a plant or something, correct? Right. So, so you're saying that it wouldn't affect them as much? So you think the quill would make more sense? That or they would have some sort of understanding to it. Whereas the quill, it's kind of like, whoa, whoa what? What? Okay. It, yeah, and they're like, oh, hold, oh, d- d- remind me, do the quill have some kind of a weird hive mind attached to them? No, they do not have a hive mind, uh, but it's more like a generational one of where the memories of the last host do continue on. Do you want to make it so it fucks with the memories of... Come on, let's do that. That sounds fun. Yes. Okay, there we like go. Like, yes. Yeah. I think long-term, that's the effect. It's not right away, but if you're an abuser of the of literal spice, then yes, eventually it starts really messing with the quill. Uh, all right, cool. I like that idea a lot. Oh. <laughs> we've got a semi-narcotic. We've got slash spice. We've got a general it, fish, and then we've got furs. For okay. something that lives as long as the quill and everything if say it's super relaxing or super good feeling and then it gives you effectively like the onset of alzheimer's that or dementia that oh, is terrifying man, that is really terrifying especially for the quill who are super long-lived oh man now i'm feeling sad for them okay sure all right yeah let's let's do that and then um 
So we have the economic aspect, right? Like mm-hmm. we kind of got the furs, the the spice, and how it's affecting old world. So so when we look at this, right, they're coming off the boats. Are these furs are really exotic? What else is coming off? I imagine that immigrants are coming off or migrant, not necessarily immigrants, but migrants are coming. And they're just seeking a, a different life or an old life. Yeah, I could see people who, uh, we've discussed it before, where people might be trying to escape uh, religious persecution. Uh, or maybe they just want freedom. We haven't discussed whether or not gods exist. Maybe they're different gods. But it is also maybe a new power dynamic there, which would cause certain people to be like, eh, I want to go here because I don't have to deal with X, Y, and Z. Sure. So let's keep that the the dynamic and everything a mystery. So now let's take a look at the cultures that these people are creating because we have migrant groups, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine that you know you're in New York City and all of a sudden the Italians get off the boat, Ugh. you know, or the Irish get off the boat and they're kind of surrounding themselves in little conclaves and like how do how do old worlders view new world migrant folk? I mean, obviously poorly, but at the same time, like. What makes them different? What makes them kind of look like? What about them is so much suspicious? For like in a so really you mean people who come from the new world and come back, or no, 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 migrants from the new world. Oh, yeah. Like what? What? What is different about them besides you know the fact that they're from the new world? Because I want to take a look at it in in a way that is. I'm trying to stay away from racism inherently. Uh, so like I want to actually take a look at the culture and what makes a culture different. You know, like. Some groups are really insular. Some kind of try and blend in really well. What is what is like just right away is just maybe shocking or very different compared to the old world that people notice right away. Well, it, it would go against some of the things that uh, we have discussed, but uh, gods as a personification. Okay, ho- hold on, because because I, I I'm not sure how much I like this idea. That's fine. In in the old world. There are God hearts, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're essentially just items. Can we just make it so in the new world, everyone, like not everyone, but one person is an avatar where essentially they are the God heart. So you have to protect a person. And, and it's not like that person is divinity. It's kind of like the Dalai Lama, right? Where it's a matter of they're essentially chosen, but with a spiritual aspect kind of hooked in because technically the Dalai Lama is not chosen. It's a cycle of rebirth, but that's not what I'm getting at. I'm do you mean more like the Pharaoh or? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We could do something like, Hey, my God, like, and, and not only that, that can, that can lead into like cool tribalism aspects. And you know, like you can have, well, I like the God, but I don't like the current avatar, you know, that kind of thing. Everything changed. Yeah, and, and not only that, but imagine what it would must be like where you've essentially worshipped inanimate objects or vague concepts as a thing your entire life, and now all of a sudden there's these new groups that are coming in and they're worshipping a person? Like, he's a god? Like, of course he's not a god. He's not an object. He's a man. Yeah, right, and then they're going to be looking at that with suspicion, deep suspicion. What do you mean your god... Gave a speech last week. That doesn't even make sense. Right. That How could that make sense at all? You're, it doesn't talk to you. And now... False gods. It, that yeah, would definitely build a... Yes, absolutely. And of course, the ones who are coming over, 
they're probably more likely than not, not just going to be like, oh man, I've bitched. I'm just an exiled, really good, nice guy. God. No, 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 no. I have been persecuted because I've, I basically am making shit up. I'm a magician. You know, I'm the guy's the, I'm the goddess, light a hand or whatever. But moreover, you're going to get that group as well. And then you're going to get the group that are a little bit closer who hear about this and they're like, that totally makes sense. Like, I, I can totally understand that. You know, like I you're always wanted to, to meet this kind of thing. Right. You're going to have, and, and that's, that's the thing. Like, maybe that's part of them is yearning for something that's personified, something that is perhaps a bit more caring. And so now there's this grinding kind of clash between the two ideals. I think that's an interesting way to introduce hmm. the tension of having those immigrant or those migrant groups in, in the, the old world, moving over to the old world. Uh, and from there, you can also just make it that their rituals are a little bit different. For sure. Yeah. I imagine that it's a lot more personal or it's a matter of, how, and not only that, but how would the God pact work, right? Like it's a matter of you, there's no God pact magics per se. It's more of a matter of they literally just bless you. Like you're my apostle now. It, it's kind of like a Jesus of Nazareth thing. Like here you have divinity and you now go ahead. And you're appointing people yeah. as opposed to doing like a, a test or something like that. So now you can just say, you have my blessing for the next 24 hours. Or, or even like you're, yeah, but not only that, but the old worlders could say like, their faith is so migratory. Like, look how, look how fake it is. Like we have to really devote ourselves and these people just give their faith away. I've Th seen God packs. You, you told me stories of people who had multiple God packs. There is only one God that you should believe in. Yeah, that's okay. That's that's kind of interesting now. We're getting into it. Okay. Let's stop there because I think that aspect enough is good enough to kind of have a good outside look into it. So we got the culture, the the economics, the faith. Granted, that's part of I culture. I think that's part of the culture there for sure. Mm. Uh, is there anything else that we really want to make very strange compared to the... I feel like part of it would just be making it like strange on purpose, but I wouldn't mind it being like, I've been picturing a lot of the old world being like Indian Mediterranean. So in my mind, whenever I think of like the, the whole empire of the God of feasts and famine and in Hondasa as well, I, I see them as kind of like, they have arabesque features or like maybe Persian some way or Kurdish. They're that kind of ethnic group. And when it comes to other places, that, that's just in my mind how I have them. So how about if the new world was kind of, what if we made it temperate and or like cold bog? Okay. Cause it'd be vastly different from what uh, they're used to. And also, I don't know. I, I feel like if we did it as uh jungle or uh some that that's playing it where if if we made it into like the the boggy area i i don't know i, I feel like there's something about that that makes i like swamps i like swamps too but what i'm concerned about when i hear this is what i want to live there no i'm thinking like plymouth plantation you know i'm thinking of um, you know, like you're just coming into Cape Cod where there's cranberry bogs and that's basically in like a temperate climate and everything like that. 
but yeah, when I think of like more of the northern areas, I do have a more traditional European uh, ethnicity in mind. But for the most part, that middle to lower part, I definitely also see as, you know, kind of uh, Arab or Persian in, in ethnicity in terms of that. Like part of it was also the fact that I wanted it to be an environment that they just weren't used to. And I feel like when, if you were to do something that was like swampy or boggy, that's where you have to deal with a lot of insects, plants, disease, and other things that would affect people going into this where. Granted, they have divine magic. Right, but that divine magic doesn't protect you from disease unless you're coming, unless you're specifically rocking a god packet of healing or disease prevention or something like that. The wrap it up god, if you will. You, you gotta have a uh, one on hand. Right. Well, see, this is the thing. One of the things that's most important about empire building, you can go wide in terms of geography because you're going to be able to acclimatize easier from going west to east and east to west than you would north north to south because the climate changes so drastically. Mm. So I think that when you take a look at something like what we have already, you go south and you're going to experience like very, you know, like you're going to experience heat and everything like that. And we kind of have that fertile crescent area going as well. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. See, this is the thing. We're, we're kind of, we're kind of stuck in that way, right? Where we have furs and I, I don't want to do a, temperate climate i kind of want to do the opposite i kind of want to do a desert i kind of want to do something where it's it's so fucking hot compared to what they're used to they're just like uncomfortable mm. we're kind of at the opposite ends of that spectrum there aren't we hmm. i mean you could easily have some of the areas that i i am picturing i was just you, you need oases though which is where towns would be formed yeah of course Oh man, could you, okay, so bringing back a little bit of what we talked about last time with the Wilds episode, can you imagine <laughs> oases that are cities because they need to be, and then when we were talking about how wild the actual nature areas become, can you imagine a desert that is wild and far away from a city, how unbelievably impactful that would be? That's, that'd be kind of interesting, kind of cool, I think. It gets weird out in the desert. Gets real weird. Um, we're talking oh mirages and other things that would confuse people. Coyotes. Yeah. What I was thinking actually, we could do like a pueblo, like a like an American Southwest type of desert, where you have that kind of thing, where you have, uh, or, or that kind of culture, that kind of landscape, where you have a lot of oh with badlands and such. Badlands. You have canyons. You have the, essentially the 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 Grand Canyon, and also that type of. I, I don't know. I think I think that'd be kind of interesting to do, and then maybe that's what we do. We just make it seem really wild, and it's like it's totally fine. But to the old worlders, they're like, "How can you live in a desert slash badlands area?" And then up north, maybe it's all just really dense swamp or something like that. Mm. So may, maybe we can just do both. Maybe we're used to, and maybe that's just their coast. Like if you go a little bit further west of where you're coming in. Per perfectly normal. Prairies and these, you know, like you have like the equivalent of Cahokia or, you know, like you have yeah, these yeah. abundantly yeah. life-filled cities. You could explain it a little bit also uh, coastal in the sense that 
people haven't gone much further west because maybe there's a mountain in the way, which has caused rain to not be there. Or but maybe the ocean goes in, which would cause a swamp. Or maybe it's a matter of saltwater swamp. Maybe you can't explore very much because you're hostile to the locals because you don't know their language very well, and vice versa. You're like, oh, Mr. Livingston. What happens if, uh, let's say, there's an expedition of old world explorers and they accidentally kill a god? Yeah, exactly. They don't picture it as a man. Of course, like, of course, I can kill this person. You have that cultural clash. Now all of a sudden, they're all the neighbors are going to be coming around and be like, wait a minute, they they killed the god? Oh, let's go. War has been declared. That type of thing. We came across a very powerful god-pacted man. <laughs> right, yeah, something like that. I think that totally makes sense. Cool. Uh, okay, so let's make the eastern part where like they're doing the majority of it hard to live according to them, according to the old worlders. Very difficult because you know when when uh, when they came over here, it was just like I don't know, it's cold. No, no, no. They, everyone's like, oh wow, every everything's in abundance. Every because what had happened is the when the settlers came, there was vast amounts of land that were worked, and it's almost. I think there was some quote where it's like, hey, God has clearly like look at how perfect everything is for us. It's almost as though. It's been previously farmed, and it was because the disease that y'all brought over wiped everything out. And so they're coming into these overgrown villages and these... Where they had grown berry bushes and other things. Among other, like, abundant resources. And they're just coming in and be like, oh, this is perfect. Look at it. And it's so like, nice. It's almost like it's the opposite. Because that's kind of what I want. I want them to come here and it's like, look, life here is hard. We, we, we don't... But the resources... Make it worth it. There's something here that we're just making hand over fist so much money that we come back, but it's it's a hard life. And then meanwhile, they don't understand that if they just go a little bit west, it's it's totally fine. There's abundance and love. But again, that's what we will eventually come up with. The Easterners, because I'm imagining it's going from west to east here. We could do the opposite. But my, in my mind, it's a matter of these Eastern, the people who are living on the East Coast live a hard life and the old, that's what the old worlders think and then so that's where we go from there Ugh. savage men I, I i really want to stay away from that if anything i actually want to have these be like a rivalry i want it to be these are not exactly equivalent but i i don't want it to be a matter of the technology is so disparate that oh i, I thought they would just view each other as savages. Oh, I, I agree. But uh, in terms of an actual technological difference, I don't want there to be a great difference between the two of them. Okay. Because I think that it's more interesting to have two uh, parallel empires or parallel na or, or continents. So that would mean that either at one time there was a series of nations or so something to, you know, technological advancement. Well, I mean, we, we could talk about a, a number of things because it's a matter of what resources allow, right? True. That's that's really what drives technology is available resources and then, you know, how well off your civilization or is. Or in the and, reverse, it could just be the fact that since the gods actually played more of a role into the daily day life, they were like, oh, no, we got to fix this. Got to fix this. Come on. I Whereas actually, the gods are aloof and uncaring in the old world, these ones are just like, guys... Stop shitting where you eat. Just stop it. I can imagine that there's a lot more 
There's a lot more uh, in terms of like confederacy. So there's a lot more in terms of alliances because it's more necessary because gods are able to talk to one another. And they're like, hey, look, there's no divine coalescence. Because we're already coalesced with a human or with a... Essentially. And then, being. oh man, and then we got to get, we're, we're going to have to do an episode on this later, but that's the idea is that they're a lot more, they're a lot more group oriented. That's the basic idea anyway. That's okay. a lot. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of stuff we got going on. Yeah. I think we should dedicate a few more episodes to doing deep dives into some of the things that we've already discussed. I did like some of the things that even we touched on with uh, Daniel last time of where it was like uh, a little bit more into the forgotten ones. Yeah, that was actually... I, I do want to go north. I think the north is... Man, because I... The wanna, cold waste. Yeah, but also I, I just want to do more research on Nordic history because I think it's fascinating. I mean, I went to Norway a couple years ago and I truly fell in love with that country and truly fell in love with like... Oh, I like I don't know if you've ever felt this before. I, when I went to Norway, I went there and I felt like, oh, I, I should be here. I, I mm. need to live here. Like, this mm. is my home. Like immediately just, a, and I've been to where my ancestors are literally from and haven't felt that. And I felt it when I was in Norway. It's, it's a crazy, crazy difference. Weird. I felt that a lot, very good when I was in Ireland. Ireland, just nice. I like all the people there who I've met, just incredibly nice folk. Every single one of them. It's, it's crazy. Is there anything else that we want to talk about from the old world perspective? Cause we've got the culture, we've got. I mean, I feel like it would be a separate episode entirely, but I, yeah. I, I do like, I, I want to talk about stuff like, I don't know, pirate cove somewhere of some kind. Sure. We, we've talked about privateers, but I feel like the f- freelance privateers. Oh, hold on. I've, I've kind of got an idea. So maybe, maybe the old worlders are interacting with new worlders who are seen as savage and kind of brutal, even by new world standards. Like, maybe, like we were saying, like, the Easterners are just, like, a savage, brutal, hardcore people. And the Westerners are like, nah, those guys are jerks. Like, that, I feel bad that those are the people that you have to interact with first. Like, that kind of thing. Like, there's almost a snootiness to it. I think that might be kind of fun. Like, you grow up hard on the Badlands. Oh, Oh, this is actually very important. Something we haven't talked about. Who is interacting the most with the New World? which nations that we've created thus far are interacting the most? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't believe that... Uh, I, I feel due to the fact that there would be plenty of labor to do and stuff that they might need, that there might be a certain involvement with the uh, primordial flesh. Hold on. Why do you think the primordial flesh would make sense? I believe that, at, not as a nation... But I feel like the consortium would do business with the primordial flesh to get guards and other things that don't tell the truth or don't. Uh, oh, they're just simple. Yeah, yeah, and the, the oh, they're they're essentially just silent protector type things. Yeah, and it's the fact that you don't have to worry about uh, news coming back to the to the old world about how things are done. That's a way to keep secrets of like dyes, spices, anything else. Their process. Because the, the ones who make it live there, and if they leave, eh. Yeah, I, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I feel like there is some kind of a weird conspiracy going on between... Because the C or any consortium make a lot of sense. And thus, with that in mind, we're talking about the 
god of wisdom or the the false god of wisdom. Mm. Realistically, they got a masks. So that but, so that's but hands one. off, hands off, because they're they're not directly doing it as a nation. They're doing it through the consortium and getting some supplies from another one. I feel like feast and famine, a little bit busy with their war. Yeah, I think that they're. I think that's also partly why they're. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I think that the feast and famine are a little bit too preoccupied with trying to still conquer their own, you know, continent before going on. Kingdom of Death. They play the long game, and I think extending their reach would be valuable. But I, I, I don't. I'm not feeling it. You know, I think that the Path of Thorns actually makes a little bit of sense here as well, because you can because they're they are ultimately missionaries, right? In a lot of ways, they believe in spreading their political ideology pretty strongly. And not only that, but imagine that because they're the ones who are being affected by that new invasive Light. plant species, yeah. right? So with that in mind, they're sending people over there not necessarily as traders, but as missionaries and also as people who are trying to figure out what's going on with this blight and how they can stop it. I think that oh. makes a lot of sense as well. Who would be the person that studies that? An apothecary? Uh, I think horticulturist or botanist make the most sense. Botanist probably for, yeah. for the time. Horticulturist, I think it's just trees. Could be. I, I mean, I'm just spitting out plant-related words here. So we've got the Path of Thorns and we've got the God of Masks. Oh, and that brings back the rivalry also of the Consortium. That's why I kind of wanted to yeah. push it there as well. Because actually that makes a lot of fun because you have the rivalry that are also fighting towards control. Yeah, let's do that. I think yeah. that that creates a lot of interesting aspects there. I could also see them, like, since they already have plants, they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're growing the bark. It's just like, yeah, but you're growing the shitty bark. Here, let me let me help you with that. <laughs> like, they're kind of, like, snobbish about it. Not only that, but you have Spriggans. You're, you're having this entirely new race of folk that are coming over there. You're like, what in the fuck are you? <laughs> like, You guys don't have Spriggans? Like, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, that's oh man, that sounds fun. I like that a lot. I think there's a lot of stuff going yeah. on there. All right, is there anything else that we're missing when it comes to the old world? If we are, I think that'll be its own deep dive episode for anything. Sure. Right now, I feel like this the glance that we wanted to give is there. Yeah, I think so too. Now let's one thing I do want to do one more thing before we get out. I wanted to talk about what is the biggest thing that's affecting the old world compared to the new world. Like, what's the biggest thing? Like, what's the greatest impact? Is it the economic aspect where we're just getting all sorts of new things? Is it the cultural aspect where there's now different conflicting ideologies? Is Like, what's, what's the conflict here? I feel like it's a, a fact where people can also feel like they can go away from society, from religion in certain respects. Granted, they have gods over there and they have ones that are like Pharaoh and everything, but even someone who's trying to flee religious prosecution from, say, the old world, they're just like, no, I just view him as a king. They don't need to know that I view him as a king, but... Sure. I don't view him as a god. I, I'm talking more... Sp okay, hold on. I've, I've, got, I've kind of got a nascent idea here. The idea... So we talked about the divine coalescence, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about the opposite, which is the first ever divine schism. schism. What if 
something to do with the way that those two divine energies interact are like oil and water or like they're two different ends of a magnet where for something about it, maybe the influence of the new divinity from the new world disrupts or in some way negatively affects how the gods work in the old world. So maybe there's, and this is just a stigma, not necessarily true, but that first divine schism that came up was as a result of a traveling diplomat or, or traveling divine figure from the new world. And so all of a sudden there's this kind of rumor mill, just like you want to keep them away from your God heart. You want to keep them away because look at what's going on. And realistically, it could be something else entirely, but that's the rumor. And that is what's, and so there's that chaotic element to it as well. And then it just makes them not want to listen to them. It's just like, whoa, 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 we're not talking to your, your, your God avatar. We don't want to hear this shit. Sure. All right. We want to talk to your king. No, he, he is our king. Send someone else. <laughs> All right. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Do we want to go into like war or combat or anything like that? Do we want them to just, because I really genuinely want to not have them just immediately start fighting once I, they get into it. I think this can go anywhere from first, I think from a story perspective or from a game perspective, you can have the tensions be from hot to cold to just met to uh, we're currently at the 10 year peace after a hundred years of war. So you're essentially, you're talking about the new world, but you're also essentially a, a, suggesting a, a cold war aspect. Maybe there's simmering tensions and maybe it's a matter of, maybe it's just a matter of time before warships show up at one another's shores. That kind oh, of yeah. I, I, I also see the whole covert thing happening. I could see, uh, yeah, like covert the consortium sedition. being just like, they destroyed six ships. Oh, you should buy some of our weapons. Actually, that that is really fascinating as well because then you can get into wartime propaganda. Are you, you going to be... let them destroy good countrymen? Exactly. Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay, I instantly can... made them British. There's nothing that I whatever. It's it's, it's the Eastern Trade Company. See, my my brain immediately went to the yellow papers and like the Spanish War with America yeah. and stuff like that. But that's fine. We can go. No, no, that's there. what I think. But when someone's saying it, like gonna let them destroy your countrymen uh, yeah in my brain again world war ii propaganda straight up goes straight there and and the yellow papers all right so yeah I, I think i think a simmering like a simmering cold war type thing maybe they're taking pot shots at each other through like trade consortiums and stuff like that maybe that's what the you know we have the evil version well just the the fantasy version of the east indian company and then we also have the good the quote unquote good guys with the path of thorns we can have an extension the exact of the opposite. world yeah something like that i think we can do something like that as well i think that makes a lot of sense and with that i Monsanto. think santo oh god <laughs> and with that i think that that wraps up you know like our new world episode yeah. i think that really because we had it just a really big messy blob of question marks and i think this really kind of nails it down a little bit better and I'm happy with what we've created here thus far. And not only that, it allows us to do so much with the new world once yeah. we get there. And the technology level, the name of the countries and everything who are, who are fighting, it's all hearsay from what people are reporting. Exactly. I mean, everything that we're talking about could just be like complete mis... It's actually beautifully lush landscape. 
You bet you throw seeds over your shoulder and they're sprouting up within moments. Oh man, you know it's it's kind of like the Iceland Greenland thing yeah. for sure. Okay. Yeah, all right. So that will wrap that episode up for us then. I've been Rob Hilferty here with Chris Prunty. Hello. Thank you very much for listening. Actually, and if you want to send some suggestions, some questions, if you want to know a little bit more about the new world, or if you want to just, I don't know, tell us you love us. We, we love support. You death can, threats. Don't, nah, literotica. We've gotten too much. Okay, literotica yeah, I'll take. But the death threats, we've had too many of those already. What? Oh, I've just, anyway. No, I want those to <laughs> validate my self-loathing. If you want to send us any of that, you can email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. And until then, we will see you next week. Thanks again for listening, and we love you very much.